Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. So we do not lose heart, for even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. There's a story about a beggar who had been sitting by the side of the road for over 30 years. But one day, a stranger walks by. Can you spare some change, mumbled the beggar. I have nothing to give you, said the stranger, who then asked the beggar, what is that you're sitting on? Just an old box, said the beggar. I've been sitting on it for as long as I can remember. Well, have you ever looked inside the box, asked the stranger. No, said the beggar. And so the stranger insisted that he take a look inside. And when the beggar managed to pry open the lid, he was astonished to see that the box was filled with gold. It's a fascinating thought that one could be sitting on gold for an entire lifetime and not even know it, or that one could be rich and still imagine oneself to be poor. And in reflecting on today's reading from 2 Corinthians, I can't help but wonder, could the same be true about us? Because if we're honest, life is a struggle and at times, it can be easy to feel like we're a beggar and to lose heart. This was certainly the case for the Apostle Paul, who wrote today's epistle from a place of struggle. In fact, today's reading begins with verse 13, but in verse 8, Paul tells the Corinthians that he is afflicted and perplexed. And so Paul is struggling And the church at Corinth, they are struggling. And because we're all members of the human race and we live complicated lives and find ourselves in complicated relationships, I'm willing to bet that at least in some area of your life that you too are struggling. It can be a physical illness or a relationship that's causing you grief, or a dark night, as the mystics might say, that's descended upon your spirit. But we all know what it's like to struggle, and most of us, at one point or another, have felt like we're on the verge of losing heart. Now, to be really clear, I'm not suggesting that we're all on the verge of a meltdown. 
In fact, to be really honest, my life is pretty darn good at the moment. Things at the church are looking up. I've been spending more time with my friends. I'm sleeping relatively well. And in July, I'm heading to Colorado with the family for a few weeks. And so I'm mindful that I've got a lot more to be grateful for at the moment than I do to complain about. But of course, even in good times, life still takes jabs. When someone speaks a cold word or lets me down, or when something goes wrong at work, or when politicians can't collaborate to work for the common good, or when people I love get cancer or lose their job, at least once a week I'm reminded that life can be profoundly sad, and I am tempted to lose heart. And so I wonder where you're struggling this morning and where you might be on the verge of losing heart, because in today's epistle, Paul tells the Corinthians and he tells us, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Our outer nature, he says, it may be wasting away, but our inner nature is being renewed day by day because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. In other words, the point of faith, Paul says, is not to remove or extricate ourselves from the struggle of life. No, it's about learning to see God and about knowing the riches of God's grace in the midst of that struggle so that we do not lose heart. There's another little story I want to tell you about a disciple and his teacher. Where shall I find God, a disciple once asked? Here, the teacher said. Then why can't I see God? Because you do not look. Well, what should I look for? Anything your eyes alight upon, the teacher said. But must I look in a special sort of way? No, said the teacher, the ordinary way will do just fine. But don't I always look in the ordinary way, asked the disciple. And this is how the teacher responded. No, you do not, because to look, you must be here. But you're mostly somewhere else. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, in the midst of struggle, it is so easy and it's so tempting to not be fully present to what is happening and to look somewhere else for a sense of relief. I mean, right, we get stuck looking to the past and that we hold grudges against people we blame for our pain. The spouse that divorced us, the company that screwed us, the person that snubbed us. Or we get fixated in fantasies about the future and we focus on when. When retirement comes, when that person apologizes, when I find a partner, when I make partner, when I get the respect I deserve, when that happens, then it's all going to be okay. And in my experience, 
That is the natural human temptation in the midst of struggle, to look somewhere else, to look to the past, to look to the future, to look to our fantasies. But the whole point of today's epistle is that to not lose heart, we have to learn to look here to whatever box it is that we are really sitting on, because as it's often been said, God comes to us disguised as our life, not as the life we want, not as the life we used to have, not as the life we may have 10 years from now, but the real life that we are living right now at this moment, the ordinary, miraculous life of struggle and beauty, and boredom, and excitement, and work, and retirement, and family, and kids, and ups, and downs, and struggle, and ease. God comes to us disguised in the midst of this life. Whatever ordinary box we're sitting on, and to not lose heart, we have to learn to look inside, to look here, and not somewhere else. Because here, right where we are, this is the only place where God chooses to reveal God's self to us. And the hope that Paul offers today is that this is possible in even the most trying of circumstances, the most unwanted realities, that the ugliest metaphorical box can still be a vehicle of God's grace. I was reminded of this in a powerful way a few months ago when I went to visit someone in their home who at the time I thought was dying. She has since made a pretty remarkable recovery, but at the time we didn't see that coming and hospice was all set to come in the following day. And so I arrived at her home. I sat on her bed where she had been lying for days and I took her hand. Her eyes were closed, but she was fully present. I talked for a bit, and I sat for a bit, and I prayed for a bit. And as I was about to leave, she said something that I will never forget. She said, I always wondered what it would be like to die. And so I just squeezed her hand, and I listened intently, and After a bit of silence, she continued, It's absolutely wonderful. I've never felt so beautiful in my entire life. I'm radiant. I am so beautiful. This is so wonderful. Well, in that moment, two things happened. Number one, The scales fell from my eyes, and I saw what she saw, and what the Bible calls the peace that surpasses all understanding descended upon the whole room, and we all knew that everything was going to be okay, and it was okay. There was no fear, there was no sadness, there was no anxiety in that room that moment, because she knew that when the earthly tent she lived in was destroyed, that she had a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. 
And then, number two, in that moment, I immediately thought of Paul's words in today's epistle. For even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. You see, in that moment, please understand that these words were not just an idea, but a descriptor of what I saw and a descriptor of what she felt when she was on the cusp of death itself. And I share this story with you today because what Paul says in today's epistle about our inner nature being renewed by the grace of God, even when everything on the outside seems to be falling apart, they're not mere words meant to cheer us up, but they point to a reality that God invites us to see and in seeing to live a richer spiritual life, a life of hope, a life with a little less worry, and a life of more courage, because we know that this slight momentary affliction, whatever that is for you, is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. And so the question I want to leave you with this morning is the same one that the stranger asked the beggar. Is it time for you to look inside? Inside your own soul? Inside the difficulty of your circumstances? Or maybe to take a deeper look inside the Christian gospel itself so that you can internalize the hope that it speaks into whatever challenges you're facing. Because the promise is that if you do, in time, that you will find yourself astonished. Astonished to discover that you are not a beggar at all, but that you are far richer than you ever could have imagined. Amen.